to forget something, well, it's pretty common, isn't it? It's, um, it's as natural as breathing. But for some of us, forgetting is a little bit more common than that. Um, you know, I don't forget important stuff. I know you don't either. But, uh, you know, I, I remember the anniversaries. <laughs> I do. I remember birthdays. I, uh, I make sure that I, I get to most of the important things. I, I even remember the obscure data I learned in, in college, a lot of it anyway. And um, I remember, you know, things from seminary and graduate school, all that. But I forget the silly stuff, the simple things. I even use my kids as kind of like an auxiliary brain every now and then. You know, I'm, I'm in the grocery store and, and I, I meet somebody, I'm talking to them, they walk away and I look to one of my sons and I say, what did you say her name was? I, I, you know, I forget. Or, or you've done that, haven't you? You're meeting somebody in the bank and you talk to them and they walk out and, you know, what was, where do we know them from? You know, and, and, and so you use your, you know, your, your children or somebody as an auxiliary brain. You know, when I was a university professor, one time I asked my students, a class of 50 students, I said, I need anybody in here, raise your hand, if you can tell me from memory three phone numbers in your telephone. Fifty students. Not one person could tell me from memory the number of the telephone numbers of three people in their phone. I could give them my phone numbers, and you could do this too. I remember my telephone number when I was in high school. You know, I remember my telephone number in my first apartment. In my second one. And it's not because I have a superior brain. It's just because I had to remember it. And when you have to remember something, you do. But there's a short-term memory. It's the little list. You know, sometimes my wife will say something to me like, Joe, we, we need some stuff from the grocery. Would you mind to go and get milk, egg, and eggs, and bread? Sure, I say. I'd be glad to go get milk, eggs, and bread. And I get in a car and I'm driving to the Acme or to, to Giant Eagle and I'm saying to myself along the way, milk, eggs, and bread. <laughs> and then, oh, I like this song and I turn up the radio and I'm singing. And then I, I walk into the, the Acme and I say, wow, they've got Oreos on sale here, you know? <laughs> You've done this, right? And next thing I know, I'm thinking, Gouda cheese. It's been a while since we had any Gouda cheese at home. Um, we'll need some crackers to go with that. You know, and... I, and and I come home with $100 worth of groceries. But I don't have milk, eggs, or bread, you know? I don't have the three things that I was sent after to get. You've done this, I know. You get distracted, don't you? And you get just a little bit distracted, and you forget the very little thing that you should have remembered. There are times when we shouldn't be distracted, though. We have to keep our focus. I mean, there are all sorts of ways. Uh, I heard the other day at the football game that there's this famous rock star who, who recorded this song. And, um, and the song is being downloaded now. He recorded it 30 years ago. He's downloaded now on the Internet something like 10 million times. But he forgot to read closely his contract. And so he gets zero royalties from those downloads. If he would only get 50 cents a time, it would have been $5 million. But he forgot to read the contract. You don't want to be distracted when you're doing things like that. You don't want to be distracted when you're driving down the road. You know, you don't want to miss something. One time I remember I was about 17. I'm playing with my radio in the car. And I look up and a car had ran a stop sign. I T-boned that car with authority. Yeah, um, it was their fault. Thank God nobody was hurt. But just a little distraction causes us to miss or forget things that are really important. I think that's what the gospel lesson is about today. Jesus isn't talking to his critics, as he has been for several chapters in Luke's gospel. 
He's talking to his friends. He's talking to them, and um, it seems like Luke's little discussion here is a bit disconnected. Like, like he just took sayings of Jesus and kind of threw them together. But I don't think that's what's happening at all. We didn't have verses 1 to 4 in the, in the text. Uh, and Jesus says to him, for instance, he says to his disciples, temptations are sure to come. And everybody's like, I'm glad because they have. Um, but woe to the one through whom they come. It would be better for him if a millstone were tongue around his neck and he were cast into the sea than he should cause one of these little ones to sin. It's okay to be tempted, but if your sin causes something to happen to someone else, especially it causes some kind of problem in the life of a little child, woe to you, Jesus said. Pay attention to yourselves. If your brother sins, rebuke him. If he, he comes and asks for forgiveness, seven times in a day. And seven times you say, I forgive you. The Lord is saying, temptation is going to come. Don't let it cause someone else to live in difficulty. And if somebody sins against you, forgive them. And it's at this point that his friends say to him, Lord, give us more faith. We need more faith. And it seems sort of strange, doesn't it? But I think it goes something like this. Look, here are some easy demands for you to live up to. And his friends look at him and say, we can't do that. We can't keep forgiving people who keep sinning against us. We'd assume not forgive them, thank you very much. And Jesus says, no, you must. And their response is, if only I had more faith. The next section, this little section, verses 7 to 10, deal with um, this story about uh, if you hired somebody. You hired somebody to do a job. Their job was to cook and to clean. If they cook and clean and come back to you later, you wouldn't probably say to them, Wow, I should send you a thank you card. No, that's what you hired them. You probably would. But this is what you probably do. This is what you, they did exactly what they were supposed to do. You're the nicest people I know. I know you would send thank you cards. When somebody does what they're supposed to do, you shouldn't be excited. Tie this all together. Jesus is saying, listen, don't sin. Don't cause other people to do it. Forgive those who ask for forgiveness. And the friends of his say, I don't think we can do that. And he says, no, this is what you're supposed to do. This is the very thing that you're supposed to live out. You don't need more faith to do this. Here's what you need. You need to use the little bit of faith that you have. Just use the little bit that you have. And you know what? You could move mountains. Now, I thought about how this text really applies to us, and of course there are the issues of temptation and forgiveness that we all face. But even more on today, Stewardship Sunday, the way that it sort of affects us in the other areas of our lives. Oh, Lord, I'd love to give more. I just, I just don't have the faith. I, I, you know, that's kind of a tight budget. I'm not sure I could make it. Um, Lord, I'd like to do more. I'm just not sure I have time. You know, I, I'm kind of filled with, with events. And, uh, you know, Lord, I'd love to do that, but I don't, I'm not really sure that I could. Maybe the Lord calls you to give and you say, I can't give. Or, or maybe He's saying, you know, I want you to work with homeless people in, in inner city Akron. I'm not sure I could do that. Maybe He's calling you to, to study or to prepare. Uh, I don't think I could do that. If only... If only I had more faith, then I could do it. 
And the Word of the Lord says, no, you don't need more faith to do what I'm calling you to do. You just need to use that little bit that you already have. Uh, I took a trip. When I was a, a doctoral student, we did a field trip to Seoul, South Korea. It was a long bus ride. But um, we were, we were uh, in Seoul, South Korea. Yeah, some of you are like, oh, I got that. Um, we, we took this, uh, this trip to Seoul, South Korea. If you ever want to get excited about Christian mission, go to Korea. Uh, the Koreans are doing an amazing job in spreading the gospel around the world. And so I read uh, Roy Lauren in his uh, commentary on, uh, on 1 and 2 Corinthians. He wrote about this friend he knew who went to Korea. And he said, in this story, um, this man was a businessman and he had traveled to Korea to do some business with another company. And while he was there, the, his host said, you know what, I want to take you around and kind of show you the countryside. So he got in the car and he was out driving, he had his camera out, you know, like we do. and He's snapping photos. And he sees out in this field, out in the countryside... This young man who has a harness around him and he is pulling a plow through a field. His dad, an older man, out behind him steering the plow. And Lori says this businessman looks at his friend and says, Wow, they must be really poor. You know, they, uh, this guy is pulling a plow. He doesn't have a horse or an ox or a mule. He's pulling it by himself. And his host said, Oh, yeah. He said, uh, Those two men are Christians. And their church was being built last year, and um, they were trying to raise money to build the, the church, and, and they didn't have any money to give. So they took their ox that they had, and they sold it. And they used the money to give to the church to build their building. And this spring, they're plowing the field by pulling it themselves. Lori says the businessman sat there real quiet for a long time. And he said that must have been a huge sacrifice. And his Korean host said, you know, it's funny, they don't see it that way. They don't see it as a sacrifice at all. They felt like they were blessed to have something to give. And he said that businessman went home, and he called up his rector. said, I need to see you. And he took him the photo, and he handed him the photo of this young man pulling a plow. And he said to him, you know, up to this point, I've just kind of been given off of the top. He said, I want to double my pledge. I want to pull a plow. Instead of just giving. You know, I don't know what area of our lives it is that God calls us to do more in. Whether it's in our giving, whether it's in our, our service, whether it's in the use of our talent, whatever it is. But here, this much is true. It's not that we need more faith to do it. We already have the faith. It's a gift of God. We already have the faith to do it. All we have to do is just use the little bit of faith that we already have. Jesus says, if you'll do this, if you'll use this little bit of faith that you already have, well, you could move mountains. And wouldn't that be great to see? Amen.